We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all of these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Away we go! Episode 180 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021, the day after the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. Yes, the lovable, warm and fuzzy Atlanta Braves. They beat the lovable, warm and fuzzy Houston Astros four games to two in the 2021 World Series. Braves are World Series champions for the first time since 1995. I tell you, this World Series for D.C. baseball fans was the World Series with no good outcome. On the one hand, maybe the Nationals' biggest rivals in the Braves, who have won four consecutive National League East titles. On the other hand, the cheating, the cheating, Astros, although they, of course, have as their manager, former Nats manager, Dusty Baker. And here we are now with Dusty having still not won a World Series as a manager. Dusty as a manager has taken five different franchises to the playoffs, has won two pennants, but has not won a World Series. Dusty, to me, is the Marty Schottenheimer of managers. Excellent in the regular season, but often leaving something to be desired in the postseason, often being snake-bitten in the postseason. Now, to me, Marty is an all-time great NFL head coach, just like Dusty is an all-time great MLB manager. I actually think there's a very strong case for Dusty to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, just like there's a strong case for Marty to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But yeah, Dusty still without the World Series ring as a manager. And you look at the Braves, they lost their best player in Ronald Acuna Jr. to a torn right ACL in July, and yet still ended up winning 
the World Series. That would have been like the Nats winning a World Series despite losing Juan Soto in July. Uh, no big fan of the Braves am I, but you got to respect them. Their pitching was lights out this postseason. Heck, the Braves used openers multiple times this postseason, and the team's pitching was great. The Nats refuse to use the opener strategy. Why? I do not know. But anyway, hello and welcome to a Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. What will be the next to last installment of the pod this week? Unfortunately, sadly, regrettably, there will be no show for Thursday. Why? Well, uh, (laughs) I will be undergoing the oh-so-wonderful experience of a colonoscopy on Thursday. Yes, lucky me. Uh, I have a condition that requires undergoing this thing earlier in life than you normally would have to undergo this thing. I scheduled this thing for the Washington football team's bye week, figured if I needed to take a weekday off, that was the week to do it. And here we are, the Washington football team's bye week. So this Wednesday, on which I would have been working on the show for Thursday, will not be a good day for yours truly in uh, preparing for Thursday. But I will be back with you with a show for Friday. So this podcast for which there's a new episode each weekday will not have a new episode for Thursday. I'm sorry about that, but I will be back with you with a show for Friday. In the meantime, I have a loaded show for you right here regarding the Washington football team. The NFL trade deadline was on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Washington did not make any trades, although Washington did get mentioned regarding a quarterback who seemingly was available via trade in Buffalo Bills quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Now, it's not entirely clear whether Washington truly was in on Trubisky. None of the major local or national reporters reported that Washington was in on Trubisky, but someone at CBS Sports did, and we do know that Washington was in on Trubisky in free agency this past March. So I'll comment on that, but more significantly, next segment, I will get into what Washington was trying to do leading up to the NFL trade deadline and why that matters. And then the following segment, I'll discuss what matters more than anything for the Washington football team right now in terms of actual football, finding a franchise quarterback. This is not breaking news. This is not shocking news, but this is the reality. The Trubisky thing, if true, only further amplifies this reality, this need. You know, even if Washington wasn't looking to trade for Trubisky to necessarily be the franchise quarterback, and I want to get into the best, most realistic path by which Washington can get a franchise quarterback. I also will be addressing Deshaun Watson and Washington not trading for him. Not that that had been that much of a thing. And I'll give you my thoughts on a number of roster moves by Washington on Tuesday. You know, Washington didn't make any trades on Tuesday, but Washington did make a number of roster moves, including placing Chase Roulier on the reserve injured list and releasing tight end Jace Sternberger, which seemingly indicates that Logan Thomas will soon be coming off the reserve injured list. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Gene in Manassas on Taylor Heineke's first interception in the 17-10 loss 
at the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Writes Gene, Dear Al, I love your reasonable analysis. Well, thank you, Gene. Continues Gene. It's a small point, but would have made a difference at the time. At the end of the first half on the Hail Mary pass, it looked to me that Cam Sims was interfered with, knocked back with the ball in the air. That should have given us an untimed down at the one. What do you see on that play? Gene, I saw exactly what you saw. Heineke on the fourth and 13 on the final snap of the second quarter through the end zone interception on the Hail Mary shotgun throw. Cam Sims got totally interfered with by corner and Virginia Tech product Kyle Fuller, brother of Kendall Fuller, in the end zone, but no penalty was called. I cannot stand the idea that like anything goes on these Hail Mary end zone passes. I think that is such garbage. The rules are the rules. Officiate in accordance with the rules. You don't abandon the rules because of the nature of a certain play. So Washington did get jobbed on that play. There's no doubt about that. Email from Dr. George Verghese, hey, of the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, writes Dr. Verghese regarding the Washington football team's kicking situation. Remember the Pats game in the preseason? There was this rookie kicker on the Pats nailing everything. Don't think he is kicking for them. Where did he go? This is another lost season. Maybe it will be this way until after Danny A.D. Uh, Thank you, doctor. And yes, doctor, that kicker was Quinn Nordine. Uh, Quinn Nordine in Washington's preseason opening loss at the New England Patriots in August went 3-3 on field goals at 35-50 and 40 yards. But Quinn Nordine is on the Patriots. He's on their reserve injured list. He actually beat out Nick Folk for the Pats kicking job, but old Quinn then suffered an abdominal injury in week one. Yeah, as Ron Rivera has told us, there just aren't many good kickers out there. Of course, the irony of that is that Chris Blewett is an example of that. I still can't get over that Blewett last kicked in college in the 2016 season, had never kicked in an NFL regular season game, and he's the guy who Ron decided was worthy of replacing Dustin Hopkins. That's the kind of decision that if it works out, Ron looks like a genius, right? And if it doesn't work out, and right now it's not working out, Ron leaves himself very open to criticism. And Ron right now is getting crushed with criticism regarding the kicking decision and a few other items. By the way, speaking of kickers, did you see on Tuesday that the San Francisco 49ers waived kicker Joey Sly? Yes, Joey Sly, the Virginia Tech product, the former Carolina Panthers kicker. So, you know, Ron likes to say, well, there's nobody out there. Well, Joey Sly now is out there. And Joey Sly, unlike Chris Blewett prior to coming to the Washington football team, has made field goals in NFL regular season games and has done so for Ron Rivera. Well, as you may know, Ron recently celebrated the one-year anniversary of him completing his treatment for skin cancer. Uh, The cancer that Ron dealt with was squamous cell carcinoma. Did you know that skin cancer is the most common of all cancers? In fact, skin cancer accounts for nearly half of all cancer cases in the United States. If you have concerns about your skin, if you are dealing with skin cancer, if you have had 
skin cancer and haven't seen a doctor in a while. Always know that the man whose email I just read, Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland are there for you. Dr. Verghese is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologist. He's a big Washington football team fan, as you can tell. He's a loyal listener of this podcast, as you can tell. And operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland diagnoses and treats a broad range of acute and chronic skin conditions, including skin cancer. Dr. Verghese and his team offer state-of-the-art treatments for skin cancer, including something that's a game-changer, superficial radiation therapy, or SRT. SRT is an alternative to surgical procedures for basal cell and squamous cell skin cancers. SRT is safe, effective, and non-surgical. You see, having skin cancer doesn't mean having to have surgery and the downtime and side effects, cosmetic and otherwise, that come with surgery. You have options. SRT is an option. And Dr. George Verghese in the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland offer the option of SRT, unlike many other dermatology practices in the area. And SRT is covered by most insurances. To find out more, call 301-396-3401. Make sure you tell them that Al Galdi sent you. That phone number again, 301-396-3401. Or visit midatlanticskin.com. That's midatlanticskin.com. Dr. George Verghese in the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, nationally recognized for treating skin cancer across the Mid-Atlantic region. All right, so the 2021 NFL trade deadline has come and gone, and the Washington football team made no trades. Zero. Nada. Zilch. El Zilcho. Uh, actually, that's not surprising, and that doesn't mean that Washington didn't try to make trades. There was scuttlebutt regarding Washington trading for Buffalo Bills quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. More on that coming up. I wanted Washington to sell and sell hard on players with expiring contracts. Uh, this Washington season is pretty clearly going nowhere from a postseason contending standpoint. The team has a number of guys who could leave via free agency this offseason. So it made total sense to me for Washington to get whatever it could get for these guys on expiring contracts, these guys who are unrestricted free agents to be. But I conceded that it was very debatable whether any of these guys had real trade value. Uh, These guys include Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brandon Sheriff, Charles Leno Jr., Cornelius Lucas, J.D. McKissick, Ricky Seals-Jones, DeAndre Carter, Bobby McCain. You know, Fitzpatrick might have had trade value as a potential backup quarterback for a contending team, but he's, of course, not healthy. Uh, Sheriff might have had trade value for Washington in a deal with a guard-needy contending team, but he, of course, isn't healthy. And the rest of those players are all right, maybe, but, you know, nothing special. I heard from some of you saying that J.D. McKissick should not be traded. Look, I like J.D. McKissick as much as the next guy likes J.D. McKissick, but he's set to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason, and he's a running back. You know, don't overvalue what J.D. McKissick is. If Washington could have gotten anything for J.D. McKissick, Washington should have traded J.D. McKissick. But again, it's questionable whether any team was willing to give up anything for him or any of 
these other guys. You actually could have argued that the player who made the most sense for Washington to trade and was most likely to have trade value was Tim Settle. Uh, Now, I like Tim Settle. I'd like to keep Tim Settle. But Tim Settle is in the fourth and final season of his rookie contract off Washington, having taken him in the fifth round of the 2018 NFL draft out of Virginia Tech. And Tim Settle doesn't play much. Tim Settle this season has played on just 19.4% of Washington's defensive snaps. Matt Ioannidis being back and healthy this season has cut into Settle's playing time. You figure that Settle is going to want to go somewhere else this offseason so that he can play more. So trading Settle by the trade deadline would have made some sense, but Washington did not trade Settle. Maybe no other team was banging on Washington's door for Settle. What I'm particularly interested in is this. Did Washington try to be a seller? That Washington didn't sell doesn't mean that Washington didn't try to sell. And the reason that I think it's significant whether Washington tried to sell is that that would be a window into the organizational thinking right now, into the thinking of Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney and Chris Polian and Eric Stokes, you know, in terms of what those guys think about this team. This team isn't close. It means you're close. No, Brucey. This team is not close. Uh, this team is 2-6 and six with a minus 71-point differential. This is a bad team that needs to be rebuilding, and I just hope that internally that that is the thinking. The last thing that Washington needs right now is delusional thinking, okay? And if Washington did, in fact, at least try to sell, then that is a sign that, okay, you don't have delusional thinking going on behind the scenes. Now, we do know that Washington did shop Landon Collins, a Washington football team insider Ben Standig of The Athletic DC on Monday afternoon reported that Washington had let other teams know that Landon was available ahead of the NFL trade deadline. I would love to know other teams' reactions to Washington telling those teams that Landon was available. Of course, Washington trading Landon was always unlikely. It was unlikely given his poor play over the last two seasons. And, you know, this idea that Landon has been so much better lately in playing as more of an in-the-box downhill player, you know, in playing essentially as a linebacker is overblown. Like, yes, he has been better, but people are talking about Landon now like he's Luke Keekley. okay? Like, calm down, okay? The sack that Landon had in the loss of the Denver Broncos on Sunday was the result of him coming in unblocked, okay? A lot of guys could have gotten that sack. And, of course, Washington trading Landon was unlikely because of his contract, which features an oh-so-lovely $14 million average annual value, AAV. Understand how fat of an AAV that is. Landon Collins' $14 million AAV per OverTheCap.com ranks tied for seventh among all safeties in the NFL and ranks eighth among all linebackers in the NFL. So no matter which position you want to count Landon as playing, he has a top 10 AAV. Is Landon a top 10 safety in the NFL? Is Landon a top 10 linebacker in the NFL? In fact, let's ask our friend Steve Harvey. Hey, Steve, is Landon Collins a top 10 safety in the NFL? Oh, hell no. Okay, well, Steve, is Landon Collins a top 10 linebacker in the NFL? Oh, hell no. 
Okay, well, there you go. Stevie has spoken. And so any potential trade of Landon Collins was going to have to include a figuring out of the Landon Collins contract. And that certainly complicated things. But I find that Washington was shopping Landon notable in that it did show a willingness for Washington to be a seller regarding the NFL trade deadline. And that matters no matter how unlikely Washington selling a bunch of players ever was. And so here we are now. Washington at its bye week. Washington 2-6 and six with its minus 71 point differential. Washington having a four-game losing streak. Washington having totaled just 33 points over the team's last three games. Washington just had a month from hell in terms of all of the bad things that happened with the franchise on and off the field in the month of October. The season feels like it's over. And from a postseason contending standpoint, the season almost certainly is over. And what's especially aggravating is that the thing that matters the most from a football standpoint can't truly be addressed until this offseason. And that thing is Washington getting a franchise quarterback. I want to talk about that with you, including this Mitchell Trubisky stuff. And I'll do so after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So 
So the Washington football team is mired in what certainly seems to be another lost season. I know for me right now, what matters more than anything for the Washington football team from a football standpoint is getting a franchise quarterback. Now, quarterback play has not been Washington's biggest weakness so far this season. I think the defense has been Washington's biggest weakness so far this season. But nothing matters more for an NFL team than the quarterback position. And Washington still does not have the quarterback position figured out. Washington has been trying to figure out the quarterback position for decades now. Taylor Heineke is an awesome story. He's a very likable guy. I am a big fan of Taylor Heineke. And Ron Rivera is sticking with Heineke as Washington's starting quarterback. But Taylor Heineke is right now a bottom third of the NFL QB1 and an upper third of the NFL QB2. That's how I'm looking at Taylor Heineke right now. Now, there is value in having a guy like this, a guy who is among the better backups in the NFL and is an at least somewhat capable starter for you. You know, you do want to keep someone like that, but that is not a franchise quarterback. And by and large, in the NFL, in today's NFL, you win with a franchise quarterback. You do things in postseasons with franchise quarterbacks. Now, there are exceptions to everything. And as we talked about this past offseason, there are some recent examples of teams doing quite well in postseasons with non-truly elite franchise quarterbacks. That is true. But those teams had other special things about them. This Washington football team doesn't have things special about it. And so if this team is going to rise up, it's almost certainly going to have to rise up on the back of a franchise quarterback. Taylor Heineke through week eight is 26th out of 33 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR at 42.7. Taylor Heineke's overall grade for the season for Pro Football Focus is just 57.9. Those are some really tough numbers. Now look, if Tay-Tay catches fire moving forward, then I'm more than willing to reevaluate my stance. Few things would please me as much as Tay-Tay catching fire moving forward, but he's not catching fire, not right now, okay? And right now, ain't no way that you can make a reasonable case for Tay-Tay being a franchise quarterback. Washington needs to find itself a franchise quarterback. The goal here is to get out of the rut, okay? Get out of the rut that is about to be 23 non-playoff seasons over the last 29 years. You can wish all you want for Dan Snyder to be removed as owner, okay? To be forced to sell the team. I'm not holding my breath on that happening. You can talk all you want about the importance of building up the defense. We're seeing this season how well that approach has gone. The realistic path back to glory for this franchise is to finally get a franchise quarterback. And the way to get that franchise quarterback for this team in this situation is almost certainly through the NFL draft. The potentially slash likely available disgruntled franchise quarterbacks of this coming offseason. You know, you think Aaron Rodgers, you think Russell Wilson, you think Deshaun Watson. Uh, Why would they want to come here? Like, sure, I'd love for Washington to trade for Russell Wilson. But why would he want to come here? Deshaun Watson, more complicated situation. I'm going to actually address that coming up in just a bit. But these guys, these big macher quarterbacks 
aren't going to want to come here, okay? And the other potentially slash likely available quarterbacks this coming offseason aren't franchise quarterbacks. And that brings us to this Mitchell Trubisky stuff. So floating in the wind on Tuesday was this idea of Washington trading for Buffalo Bills quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. This actually became quite a thing on Twitter. Now, this wasn't reported by any of the major local or national reporters. Uh, The most prominent person who I saw report on Washington and Mitchell Trubisky was Chris Trapasso, who is an NFL draft analyst for CBS Sports. He tweeted that Washington was in on trading for Trubisky. Who knows if this is true, okay? This may well be Washington football team fake news. And we, over the years, have seen plenty of Washington football fake news. We do know, though, that Washington was in on Trubisky during the offseason. I think this gets forgotten by people, but it was this past March 15th, the first day of the NFL's legal tampering period, that we had multiple items suggesting that Washington was interested in Mitchell Trubisky. NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com said that Washington had some interest in Trubisky and in another unrestricted free agent quarterback at the time, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, with whom Washington ended up agreeing on a deal that night. Uh, Benjamin Albright, a host reporter and analyst for the Denver Broncos flagship radio station, KOA, tweeted the following this past March 15th. Quote, Washington looking to have a true quarterback competition. They'll add one more. Wouldn't be surprised if Trubisky gets second act there. End quote. Well, Trubisky ended up signing a one-year deal with the Bills. Mitchell Trubisky, to me, I mean, he is what he is. He's a bust of a top two pick in an NFL draft. He has had some moments. It's not like he's been a complete total nothing burger as an NFL quarterback. But nobody looks at Mitchell Trubisky as, wow, this guy just needs the right spot and he can fly. Like, no, he's a guy who is maybe a lot like what I think Taylor Heineke is right now. Bottom third of the NFL QB1, upper third of the NFL QB2. Remember, the quarterback-starved Chicago Bears thought so little of Trubisky that they did not exercise the fifth-year option in his rookie contract. That says a lot. So, I mean, yeah, Washington trading for Mitchell Trubisky as, what, a guy who could maybe do some things for you this season? I mean, so what? Where are you going this season? Nowhere. Now, maybe Washington looks at Trubisky and says, hey, uh, this guy could maybe be our QB2 for next season, maybe even our temporary slash placeholder QB1 for next season, if we end up drafting a potential franchise quarterback, okay, I can live with that. I don't think that's an unreasonable approach to take. The problem clearly would be if Washington was viewing Mitchell Trubisky as the potential guy, as the potential franchise quarterback, as the long sought after franchise quarterback, that would be a problem, okay? But I have my doubts about whether Washington was thinking that about Mitchell Trubisky to say nothing of the potential for all of this again to have been Washington football team fake news. We don't even know if it's true that Washington was in on trying to trade for Mitchell Trubisky, but this did become a thing on Tuesday, so I did want to address this on the show. But my point here is this. The draft is the way for the Washington football team to truly address getting a franchise quarterback, and Washington is going to have to take a swing at a quarterback 
in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. No more defensive linemen with the first round pick, okay? We've done enough of that. It's time to attack quarterback, and that may require Washington trading up and giving up a whole lot to trade up. You know, you thought what Washington traded to the then St. Louis Rams in 2012 to go from number six to number two in the first round of the 2012 NFL Draft to take Robert Griffin III was a lot. Brother, we may have seen nothing yet, but honestly to me, that's okay because there is no price that's too high to pay for a franchise quarterback. What I wonder about, though, is this. What if Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney and Chris Polian and Eric Stokes and Scott Turner and Ken Zampezi don't really like those quarterbacks who Washington can trade up to take? Like, it's really easy to say, okay, go get a franchise quarterback this coming offseason. But it's not as simple as that. This is not viewed as a quarterback-rich 2022 NFL draft. Now, that doesn't mean that this draft can't be bountiful in terms of the quarterbacks who come from the draft. But, you know, you can't just force yourself to love a quarterback prospect. The top three quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL draft per ESPN NFL draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. are one, Kenny Pickett of Pitt, two, Matt Corral of Ole Miss, and three, Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati. Now, personally, I'm very intrigued by Malik Willis of Liberty. Uh, Mel has Willis as the number four quarterback in the 2022 draft. Washington, as things stand right now, would have the number six pick in the 2022 NFL draft. Like I said, this is not considered to be a quarterback-rich draft. So Washington might actually be able to get a quarterback who the team likes at number six. But we know how NFL drafts work. Teams trade up for quarterbacks. So Washington might have to trade up. What if Washington can only trade up to, say, pick number three, but only likes two of the top three quarterbacks in the draft, and those two quarterbacks go one-two? Then what? You see, it's not as simple as go get a franchise quarterback in the draft. A, you as a team have to believe in who you're getting. The worst thing that you can do is just take a quarterback to take a quarterback. And B, you have to be able to get a guy who you want to be getting. Those were the problems with Washington taking a quarterback in the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. Trading up for Trevor Lawrence was never going to happen. And Ron Rivera pretty obviously didn't truly believe in Justin Fields and Mac Jones. And so Washington stayed at number 19 overall and took Jamin Davis. Ron this past offseason didn't take a quarterback in the first round of the draft because Ron couldn't get a quarterback who he really, truly liked. And we'll see if Ron is right to have not really, truly liked Justin Fields and Mac Jones. But it's all about quarterback, man. The notion of building up everything around the quarterback position so as to lessen the need for a franchise quarterback sounds great and does make some sense. But that approach for this season has failed miserably. Like that, to me, is one of the biggest takeaways from this Washington football team season so far. The idea of building up everything around the quarterback position has been a massive fail. Some of that is due to bad luck, okay? Some of that's due to a horrendous run of injuries on offense. But whatever the reasons, that approach has been a massive fail. And by the way, another thing to be thinking about right now as a Washington fan 
is where are we with the defense? You know, the almighty defense that was supposed to lead the way. Does this defense have to be rebuilt? You know, never mind the defense not being elite. Does this defense need to be overhauled? Okay, that's a question that needs to be looked at, but that's another conversation. One more point on the quarterback conversation. Deshaun Watson. So the Houston Texans did not trade disgruntled quarterback Deshaun Watson prior to Tuesday's NFL trade deadline. There, of course, has been talk locally of whether Washington should be in on Watson. There really hasn't been much indication that Washington has been in on Watson. And it's very possible slash probable that Watson has no interest in playing for Washington. Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause in his contract. Watson in September 2020 signed a four-year, $156 million contract extension that takes him through the 2025 season and includes a no trade clause. But the other thing with Watson, of course, is his legal situation. And while I am far from a believer in an NFL team having to have 53 choir boys on its active roster, and I am a big believer in letting the legal process play out and in not assuming guilt, there is too much smoke with Watson's legal situation not to think that there isn't at least some fire. And when you combine that Washington is engulfed right now in this reignited workplace misconduct scandal that includes dozens of former female team employees saying that they were sexually harassed during their time with the team. Washington trading a boatload of assets to the Texans for Watson, who could end up being suspended by the NFL, maybe even eventually imprisoned, is untenable. I mean, I'm sorry. I I find it funny, by the way, how some of the same people who yell and scream about how awful of a human being Dan Snyder is are open to Washington trading for Deshaun Watson. I mean, you could very much make the case that, at least as far as we know, Dan has never been accused of anything as bad as some of what Deshaun Watson has been accused of doing. And yet you have some of the same people who routinely crush Danny saying nothing about Deshaun. And you have some of the same Washington football team fans who go nuts over Dan and all of his transgressions saying, yeah, but let's trade for Deshaun Watson. You know, people's moral compasses sure are funny and sure are convenient. And in terms of the national media, I find it especially funny how you have had so many people condemn John Gruden, but those same people say little, if anything, about Deshaun Watson. Like what John Gruden did was bad. Okay, hear me loudly and clearly on that. But what John Gruden did were just words, and they were words in emails from a decade ago. Watson may be guilty of sexual assault. Is that not worse than words in emails from a decade ago? And yet some of the same people who have just harpooned John Gruden have said like nothing about Deshaun Watson. Now, I know what you may be thinking. You say, well, hey, Galdi, Uh, We don't know if Deshaun Watson's guilty. Okay, I hear you on that. And that's a more than fair point to make. But here's what we do know about the Deshaun Watson legal situation. 22 civil lawsuits and at least 10 criminal complaints have been filed by massage therapists against Watson, accusing him of a range of actions during massage appointments from March 2020 
to March 2021. Are all of these women just making stuff up? Like, it's one thing if one woman says one thing, okay? Like, then you could say, well, you know what it is? Uh, He said, she said. You here have 22 women saying something. That, to me, is much different than one woman saying something, okay? And if one woman says something, to me, you take that seriously. But 22 women say something. Again, are they all lying? Are they all in cahoots? Is this some massive anti-Deshaun Watson conspiracy? Because the Deshaun Watson situation, to me, has increasingly felt like a Bill Cosby situation. You know, when the whole Bill Cosby thing started, you had people saying, well, how do you know the truth is being told? And Well, you know, these women are just saying things. Well, as the number of women uh, became larger and larger, and you went from, you know, just a few to then double digits to then in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, it's like, wait a second here, okay? Like, even if you are the biggest Bill Cosby mark of all time, you really truly think that he did nothing that he's just completely innocent of everything that he's being accused of, you know? I know we all had this vision of Bill Cosby, right? Cliff Huxtable, the Jell-O pudding pops. Well, it turned out there was a little more to the old Cos than just those things. Jell-O pudding pops, Jell-O pudding pops, frozen pudding on a stick. Yes, frozen pudding on a stick. I'm sorry, if I'm Washington, I'm not trading for a guy who is maybe the Bill Cosby of the NFL. The alleged actions of Deshaun Watson, that's another thing. Are you familiar with the alleged actions of Deshaun Watson? Those actions include not covering his genitals, groping, touching women's hands with his uh, member, uh, releasing himself on a woman's face and body, and forced oral sex, which, oh, by the way, is sexual assault. Now, again, innocent until proven guilty. I get that. I don't know if Deshaun Watson is truly guilty of any of these things. I don't know. I don't pretend to know, okay? I don't like to just condemn people before we know all of the facts. But you are the Washington football team. You've dealt with the scandal that the team has dealt with. Yes, you are starving for a franchise quarterback, but were you really ever going to make the move for Deshaun Watson? And I'm putting aside whether Watson would have even approved a trade here. I long for Washington to have a franchise quarterback as good as Deshaun Watson. I lust for Washington to have a franchise quarterback as good as Deshaun Watson. He is an excellent NFL quarterback. I mean, what Deshaun Watson did last regular season, so impressive. Number one in the NFL in yards per pass attempt. Number one in the NFL in passing yards. Number three in the NFL in completion percentage. Number 12 in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR. And he did all of this despite the Texans having traded away DeAndre Hopkins. But I'm not mad at Washington for apparently not having made the big play for Deshaun Watson. Washington is the last team that can have a Bill Cosby as the team's quarterback. Jello pudding pops, jello pudding pops, frozen pudding on a stick. Yeah, we got you, Bill. The 2022 NFL draft, that right now is the best, most viable path to Washington finally getting itself 
a franchise quarterback. So while the Washington football team did not make any trades on NFL trade deadline day on Tuesday, the Washington football team did announce a bunch of roster moves, and some of these moves were notable. So first of all, Washington placed Chase Roulier on the reserve injured list. Uh, This is bad news. This is really bad news, but this is not unexpected news. Uh, Roulier in the second quarter of the loss at the Denver Broncos on Sunday suffered a reported fractured left fibula and potentially suffered ligament damage to his left ankle. He was carted off the field while wearing an air cast. Uh, So a Washington offensive line that has been without Brandon Sheriff for the last four games has been without Samuel Cosme for the last three games and was without Cornelius Lucas for the last game, now is without Chase Roulier for the rest of the season. Also, remember Eric Flowers in the loss at the Broncos got hurt on the first snap of Washington's final offensive drive. Washington's offense has just gotten crushed by injuries over these last few weeks, especially now the offensive line. And it's a shame what has happened here with Roulier. Washington took Chase Roulier in the sixth round of the 2017 NFL Draft out of Wyoming. He became Washington's starting center beginning with the 2018 season. Roulier, from the start of the 2018 season through week eight of this season, started 54 of a possible 56 regular season games. He had been durable. He had been an improving player. Washington paid Chase Roulier at the end of last regular season. Washington this past January 2nd announced the signing of Roulier to a four-year contract extension. The deal had $13.67 million guaranteed at signing. I think every Washington fan is a fan of Chase Roulier. So get well soon, Chase. And now Tyler Larson, presumably, is Washington's starting center. Tyler Larson on Sunday took over at center for Washington when Rulia got injured. Larson ended up playing on 60% of Washington's offensive snaps. Washington this past March 18th, the second day of the NFL's new league year, announced the signing of Larson as an unrestricted free agent center. So Washington went after Larson and got him early in the free agency period. This season is Tyler Larson's age 30 season. And Tyler Larson had been with You guessed it, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Tyler Larson entered the NFL as an undrafted free agent at Utah State with the Miami Dolphins in 2014, but he never played in an NFL regular season game until playing for the Panthers from 2016 through 2020. Larson in 2017 started 10 games for the Panthers due to center Ryan Khalil being injured. And Tyler Larson actually was with Washington in 2015, but he was waived in the cutdown to 53 for that season. So Chase Roulier now is on the reserve injured list, but Logan Thomas could be coming off of the reserve injured list soon. Washington on Tuesday released tight end Jace Sternberger. So Jace Sternberger had been a nothing burger for Washington in terms of playing time. Jace Sternberger had been inactive for each of the last four games. Washington signed Jace Sternberger to the active roster of the Seattle Seahawks practice squad on October 6th. The reason, though, that the Jace Sternberger news matters is that the reason that Washington signed Jace Sternberger off the Seahawks practice squad was because Washington put Logan Thomas on 
the reserve injured list. Well, now Washington has removed Jay Sternberger from the active roster. The likely reason is that Washington is anticipating the return of Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas has been on the reserve injured list since October 6th due to a hamstring injury that was suffered in the win at the Atlanta Falcons in week four. So the same day on which Washington put Logan on the reserve injured list, Washington signed Sternberger off the Seahawks practice squad. Sternberger was Logan's replacement on Washington's active roster, and now Sternberger is gone. Very good news that Logan Thomas could be coming back soon. Uh, He almost certainly will help a Washington offense that is a jaw-dropping 2 of 11 in the red zone during this ongoing four-game losing streak. Also on Tuesday for the Washington football team, it activated safety Derek Forrest to the active roster. Forrest had been on the reserve injured list since September 1st due to a hamstring injury. Uh, Washington took Derek Forrest in the fifth round of the 2021 NFL draft out of Cincinnati. If nothing else, he should help on special teams. I would not anticipate Derek Forrest getting much, if any, playing time at safety. Uh, But Derek Forrest helping out on special teams, I think, is a very real possibility. The guy has an excellent special teams reputation. And Washington on Tuesday made multiple practice squad transactions, including signing running back Wendell Smallwood to the practice squad and releasing running back Jonathan Williams from the practice squad. So Wendell Smallwood, as you may remember, has been with Washington before. He was with Washington for the 2019 season, during which he played in 15 regular season games, totaled 145 yards from scrimmage on 31 touches. Uh, Washington initially acquired Smallwood via claiming him off waivers from the Philadelphia Eagles on September 1st, 2019. Now, Smallwood was a productive back for the Eagles. The Eagles took Smallwood in the fifth round of the 2016 NFL Draft out of West Virginia. He over three regular seasons for the Eagles, 2016 through 2018, totaled 1,238 yards from scrimmage, five rushing touchdowns, and two receiving touchdowns, averaged four yards per carry on 211 rush attempts, and Smallwood returned a kickoff for a touchdown against Washington. Smallwood in a 27-20 Washington win over the Eagles at FedEx Field in October 2016 had a second quarter 86-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, Smallwood, since being with Washington in the 2019 season, had played in just one regular season game, a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers last December. So yes, uh, Tuesday was a quiet day for Washington in terms of making actual trades on what was the NFL's trade deadline day, but uh, there was some stuff to take in in terms of roster transactions for the Washington football team. The two big ones, Chase Roulier to the reserve injured list and Jace Sternberger being released. And that matters again because that seems to be a sign that Logan Thomas may well be coming off of the reserve injured list soon. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. Always love hearing from you. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. So like I said in the first segment of the show, no show for Thursday, a rare weekday off for the podcast, but I'll be back with you with a show for Friday, episode 181. I'll have a special guest for you to talk Washington football team. I'll do Goldilocks for college football week 10, picks against the spreads for Maryland, Penn State, Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Navy Notre Dame. And I'll talk Capitals 
and Wizards. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Enjoy your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Jello pudding pops, jello pudding pops, frozen pudding on a stick.